So I just want to do a quick prayer as well as from what Louise was praying. So won't you pray with me? I invite your Holy Spirit to come and breathe upon our hearts and bring our hearts back to life. Encounter our hearts with your glorious intimacy. And create in us a clean heart according to Psalms 51 verse 10. Enlarge our hearts with your supernatural love so we can run in the path of your commandments. Be the architect of our hearts and reshape our hearts to look like you. Amen. Cool. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 2 verses 1 to 4. It says, My brothers and sisters, when I first came to proclaim to you the secrets of God, I refused to come as an expert, trying to impress you with the eloquent and lofty wisdom for while I was with you, I was determined to be consumed with one topic, Jesus, the Messiah, crucified Messiah. I stood before you feeling inadequate, filled with reverence for God, and trembling under the sense of the importance of my words. The message I preached and how I preached it was not an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the almighty power of God's Holy Spirit. For God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but by trusting in his almighty power. I stand here today, I am not a philosopher, I'm not a saleswoman, I'm definitely not an expert. I'm here today as a witness to declare the testimony of God. Like Paul, I am determined to put the emphasis on Jesus Christ. I don't want to use persuasive words. Right now as I speak these words, it is my job to tell you about these things. But it's the Holy Spirit's job to demonstrate his power. Just want to tell you a bit of my lockdown testimony that happened last year. I know most of you, everyone had quite a tough testimony, but this is my story. So last year, March, JP and my kid and the kids, we were actually in Durban when President Ramaphosa announced that we were going into the hard lockdown. And on the 23rd of March, I experienced my first anxiety attack that I've ever had in my life. I've never experienced heart racing, pulse racing. I had to move. I couldn't sit still. Otherwise, I felt like I was going to explode. In April, JP lost his job. In May, Gary and Louise rushed my dad to for his life for emergency surgery on his stomach to remove a section of his bowel. And he got diagnosed with neuroendocrine cancer. March, April, May was a lot for me to process. And thank goodness there's tissues here. <laughs> so in January 2020, I bought my new Suzuki. Yay! But in August, my clutch needed to be replaced. Whew. But there's a little testimony there. I'll tell you one day, not today. Then in November, I was driving on my way to church. And uh, it was raining and everything. I stopped at the Red Robot. However, the guy behind me didn't and crashed into me while the kids were with me in the car. Last year was a lot for me to process. I had to slow down, quieten my thoughts and ask God. It takes discipline to quieten my minds and wait on God. It really does. When we fix our thoughts on him, he will reveal the path forward. He even promises to be generous with his limitless wisdom when we ask him with simple faith. In Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 6, it says, Trust in the Lord completely, and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you, and He will lead you in every decision you make. 
I had lost my joy and my peace. I was trying to keep it together in my human way and human wisdom, and it wasn't working at all. My anxiety kept coming back. I sat, eventually, I sat down with my friend, counselor, and I bawled my eyes out in a restaurant. I couldn't keep it together anymore. One Corinthians two verse five says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. During our great difficulties, guys, come in times when we normally run out of our own options, our own human wisdom. Our cleverness has failed us. Our resources are depleted. Our health may be struggling. Our ability to wriggle out of a tight spot has let us down. And South Africans, we are very good at making our own plans on our own. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 2 verse 10 says, But God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Sorry, excuse me. My nose decided to run away. But now God unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit, who constantly explores all things. This knowledge that the Bible verse is talking about is not attainable by human wisdom or in our own investigation. I've always felt God's presence. God's presence to me is like a weighted blanket. And, and other times I laugh hysterically, as most of you know. I know God is a good father, and he wants the best for his children, all his children. And God wants to reveal his inmost truth to you and me through the Holy Spirit. God right now, guys, right now, wants to reveal his deep insight and understanding of the real things to you and me through the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter, our friend, our intercessor. So how can God reveal his deep insights and understanding to us through the Holy Spirit? Pray. Andrew Murray says this. He's from, I think, the 1800s just to let you know. <laughs> God has a plan for his church upon earth. But alas, we too often make our plan, and we think that we know what ought to be done. We ask God first to bless our feeble efforts instead of absolutely refusing to go unless God go before us. So after my car accident last year, I put down my armor. I gave up. I realized I was not in control. I was depending on myself more instead of trusting God. I forgot to choose joy and let God do what I cannot. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faithful requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every single detail of your life. God uses ordinary people like you and me. Ordinary people when you go to the shops. Ordinary people in your homes. Ordinary people when you are at work. Ordinary people like you and me. The Bible is loaded with stories of ordinary people, us, placing their faith in an extraordinary God and then doing amazing accomplishments for His name. I love this next slide. 
When God put a calling on your life, he already factored in your stupidity. I'm going to say that again. When God put a calling on your life, he already factored in your stupidity. Oh, I don't know about you, but that's the most comforting thing I've heard, really. <laughs> Jesus saw prayer as a constant connection to be with his Father. And reading the Gospels, you can clearly see that it was a central part of his life. Jesus often went to, often went to a secluded place to pray and to be with his Father. We can say that Jesus was in a constant prayer mode. Jesus was shown to pray when he was alone, in public, before meals, before important decisions, before and after healing, to do the Father's will, and he taught the importance of prayer. And here are some more examples of when Jesus was praying. At his baptism, before choosing his disciples, healing a deaf and mute man, before raising Lazarus from the dead, before Jesus' betrayal, at the cross, in Jesus' dying breath, and after his resurrection. Guys, Jesus wants us to pray. God wants us to pray before, during, and after. God wants, to, wants us to tell him every single detail of our life to him. Prayer is our constant connection point to be with our Father. In 2016, a group of us attended a conference, and a guest speaker spoke with us and asked us a question that has stuck with me and was probably the people that attended with me as well. It says, have you asked God? Have you asked God? In the circumstances, in the storms, have you asked God? In Psalms 18, verse 18, it says, When I was at my weakest, my enemies attacked, but the Lord held on to me. I was at my weakest at the end of last year and the beginning of this year. I did not feel strong. I broke down at a restaurant. I broke down at church. I broke down at home. I collapsed spiritually at the tense feeling, at the tense pressure I was feeling. I felt fragile. The enemy attacked my thoughts, my emotions, my ability to hear from God and to see what God was doing in and around my life. But God was holding me, holding my family through everything. God blessed us with money from friends and the Lifehouse community, and I just want to say thank you to everyone that has helped us and contributed to us through our darkest valleys. My peace and joy came back even though I was walking through the valley. My peace and joy came back as I started talking through my stories with friends and counselors. My peace and joy came back as I started talking to Jesus. JP and I even prayed more together as a married couple. And JP's on his own journey, and I'm calling him out here. And hopefully one day he gets to share his story with us too. Yes, my dad did get diagnosed with NETS, neuroendocrine cancer. However, he got the all clear from the prostate cancer. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm still praying for a miracle for my dad, whatever that looks like. My trust is in God. Andrew Murray also says this, The difficulty of persistent prayer is our highest privilege. The difficulties to be overcome in it brings us our richest blessings. Guys, prayer is key to everything. It's not the only thing we do but it should be the first thing we do. Prayer is meant to be as simple and natural as breathing. 
just a reminder that every person's journey in prayer is as unique as you are. So don't look to each other for, your, I want that prayer, Jenny, I want that prayer. Yours is yours. Watchman Nee said, In heaven, God's power is unlimited. But on earth, God's power is manifested to the degree that the church prays. Are you guys praying? Whew. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There are various elements in persistent prayer. Perseverance, determination, and intensity. Perseverance is a steady persistent in a course of action, a purpose, a state, especially in spite of difficulties, obstacles, and discouragement. Determination is the act of coming to a decision or settling a purpose. God is a good father, guys. He only wants the best for his children. Intensity is great energy, strength, and concentration. Charles Spurgeon says this. I found this yesterday. I added it in Gary. <laughs> it says, by perseverance, the snail reached the ark. But what we can say is, by perseverance, determination, intensity, the snail reached the ark. Come on. The snail, guys. The snail reached the ark. Just want to end off. My perseverance is that I will pick up God's armor. that he has freely given to me and to you and continue the calling of my life in spite of difficulties, obstacles, and discouragements. My determination is that God has put a firecracker calling on my life and I refuse to go unless God goes before me. And I will keep praying that God gives me the strength to pray, to pray bold prayers and to continue walking in the path that he has chosen for me and to fix my eyes on him constantly. When we don't see a way out of obstacles, guys, pray. When you only see sickness and disease, pray. When you're at your weakest, when you're anxious, when you're doubtful, when you're hopeless, when you're discouraged, pray. When you feel like you can't get back up again, pray. When you feel like you're not in control, pray. I have been a witness to many answered prayers. Never stop praying. Throughout the Bible, you can clearly see that Jesus is our model for our prayer life. Thank you, Jesus. Prayer is our constant connection point to be with your heavenly Father who wants to reveal your but God moments in your life. Amen. <laughs>